This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. We've been on faith forever, so go with me to the book of Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. And I I can just tell you, throughout the the days and the weeks, man, when I speak on this, this stuff, whoo, it's just, it's been foundational principles within me for years. And every time I get into the Word on these areas, it stirs this back up because faith is a quest that's never going to stop, okay? And the only way I get faith is I've got to go to the place where faith is at. Biblically, the only place you'll find faith is at is Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And so in order to get faith, I've got to get into the Word. And i got to stay in the Word, and I keep reading the Word, and I keep reading the Word, and keep reading it. And, and one of the ways I look at this in the area of faith is think about this, that when you're uh, a kindergartner or a first grader, you begin at that stage to learn the elementary principles of math. One, two, three. You begin to learn to count. And then before long, you you take a little harder course in math called first grade. And you begin to learn to add, and you begin to learn to subtract. And then before long, you go a little further, and you go to multiplication and division. Before long, you go to fractions. Before long, you'll get into algebra and trig and those advanced maths. But we got to remember this. There was always a starting point, a foundational point, and I believe that's the same way with faith. But I can't stop there i got to keep getting into the Word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And so one of our main texts is Hebrews eleven six. 6. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. Without it, you cannot please God. And so better stated than that, to, to know God, to experience God, the only way we can truly do that is by faith. And, and faith is always based on the Word of God. So the way I begin to believe and I begin to trust in a God that I don't see with my natural eyes, I begin to read the Word of God and I begin to find out, man, this is the character of God. This is the integrity of God. Now here's the greatness about faith. When when you begin to step out in faith and you trust God and you uh, to believe the Word of God, you'll make decisions and choices that others will never make. Only if I step out in faith. Only if I do that. Man, I I look at that, wow, what a a blessing that God would say, come on, just trust me. And when you do that, you're stepping in areas that the majority of people never experience. And so again, the more I get into the Word of God, the more I begin to trust God. And you begin to see His character You begin to see his nature. You begin to see how God flows. And so what ends up happening is you begin to fall in love with this. Woo, just an appetite. How many got an appetite for the Word of God? I love the Word of God. If you do and you don't, Matthew 4, 4 says, man doesn't live by by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. I don't know if you're this way, but in my life, I, I don't read Western novels, and I'm not against that. And I don't spend hardly any time in Sports Illustrated and those things. 
But I'm going to tell you right now, when I have the opportunity to read the Bible, I soak it up. And I just get in the Bible, and I can, I can read, and I can read, and I can read. And so what you've got to do is ask God to give you that heart, give you that appetite, and then you get in the Word, and God will get into you. And, and you take little markers, and you take your pens, and you begin to mark them up. Man, you mark these up. That's why I can't get rid of this Bible, even though it's falling apart. I've got stuff marked in there for years and years. Man, it just begins to minister to your heart. This is God. There you go. You guys are dismissed. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Romans 1, verse 16. Apostle Paul speaking here. And he says, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I'm not ashamed of the good news of the Word of God. You know what he's saying? I'm, I'm not ashamed to tell people I'm a Christian. I didn't say, I'm not ashamed to tell people I'm a Baptist or I'm a Catholic. Or I'm a, no, I'm a Christian, okay? We're all saved by grace through faith, okay? And so this is the Apostle Paul who said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it. For it. Now, you're going to see that word it, I believe, three times in the next two verses. For it, listen what, it. For it is the power of God to salvation. So now, circle the word it and ask yourself, is for it, what's the it? The power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He says, for it, it is the only way that you can experience salvation. For everyone who believes. Now, that's, that's an incredible statement. Oftentimes we have this thought, man, God wouldn't save me. I'm a mess. I've done so much damage in my life. I've, I've sinned and I've sinned. There's no way God would do it for me. But when I see what the Word of God says, man, I can grab a hold of that. And he says, for everyone who believes. So that word believe is rooted in this trust in my faith. And so when you begin to hear the Scriptures that that pertain to salvation. This man named Jesus came to the earth and he died for me. And I remember when they would tell me that, I think, so this man named, he came to the earth and he died for me? And I begin to see the scriptures. And remember what it says right here. It is the power of God to salvation. Something happens for everyone who believes. For the Jew first, and also for the Greek. So guess what? If you're not a Jew, you're a Greek. Guess what that means? You're qualified. Jesus died for you. And the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ is for every one of us. Acts 10.34, he said this. This is the apostle Peter. He said, God's no respecter of persons. He's no Thank God. Thank God. God doesn't play any, many, mighty mo. God says, you're all in here. Come on. Anybody who will believe and step out. Verse 17. For in it, there it is again, for in it, the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, the righteousness of God is revealed. How is the righteousness of God revealed? Now look what he says. By faith to faith to faith to faith. He didn't just say one time with faith. He said, 
Specifically, it is revealed from faith to faith. So what you begin to see here with what he's talking about, it's every day. It's, it's a constant living. When you get up, it's faith. When you go to bed, it's faith. It's just day by day by day. And, and he says here, for it, is in the right, for it is the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it, the gospel of the good news, is written. Now, it's important that you learn to get into the Bible because that's the only way you find out what's written. The Bible is your playbook. If you were an NFL quarterback, you would be of no good without knowing the playbook. But this is what's happening with many believers. We don't know what's written. The prophet Hosea said this. He said, my people perish for lack of knowledge. We don't even know what the word says. But he says, as it is written. So now, something happens when I begin to look at the written word of God. And I'm going to give you two words here off of that. The word written word of God means the logos. The written word is the Logos. That's a good thing for me to see what's written. But the way the Logos comes alive, the written word, is another word called the Rhema. The word Rhema means the spoken word. So it's one thing for me to begin to to read what's written, but when you want to see what's written come to life in you, you want to see it take off, that's that's Hebrews 4.12. The Word of God is alive and powerful. How does the Word of God become alive and powerful? Man, you, you speak it out of your mouth. It's the right. Speak it. Speak it, speak it, speak it. Find scriptures and begin to speak those out of your mouth. How long? Just keep speaking them. Make it a habit. Remember them. Write them down. Let me just share this real briefly here. You know, most of you who've been here long enough, you, you know my history, that I lettered in sin for 20 years of my life. And so, just, just growing up, that's why it blesses me to see young ones want to serve God. Just want to live for God. You bring, you bring in your young ones to church, that's incredible because I didn't go to church through my teenage years. So it gives you an idea of probably what I was. I was a mess. And I caused a lot of pain. I mean, I caused all kinds of pain. I mean, even on Mother's Day, woo, I was looking at my mom saying, Mom, I'm sorry all the pain I caused. And so when I got born again, there were things in my life that, that I gave my heart to Jesus, but this thing called my flesh, it kept acting up. How many of you have ever experienced that? You give your heart to Jesus, but your flesh keeps acting up. That was me. And so, man, I, I did not like the things I was beginning to do in my life over and over, and I was dominated by alcohol. I mean, dominated. Is that me? Sorry. And so, I, I began to see the Scriptures. And I started coming across the Word of God, and I would find out what God wrote to me. To anyone who believes. I'm, I'm trying, Lord, I promise. I, I'm, I'm going to tell the truth. Let, let, me, let, me, let me get a handheld. I don't want to tear something up. And on the third day, God said, let there be sound. And there was sound. Okay, hit, hit the rewind button and let me, let me think where I was at. Okay, I, I'm just, I'm a mess and still, I'm born again and I'm saved. And man, I, I come across scripture there in, in Colossians chapter 1. 
And it said that he's qualified me as a partaker of the inheritance in life. Who's qualified me? Jesus did. Jesus qualified. If you're born again, you're qualified. And he said, you're qualified as a partaker of the inheritance in life. So guess what? I got an inheritance. You got an inheritance, but guess what? Just, just think Uncle Buck left you an inheritance and you never knew what it was. It would never do you any good. Well, this is the same thing that happens with the Word of God. Jesus paid a price for every one of us. We got an inheritance, but if I don't know what that inheritance is, it does me zero good. So the very next verse, Colossians 1.13 says, I delivered you out of the power of darkness. Well, the darkness in my life, man, was all that stinking alcohol. All, all the junk centered around that day after day after day. And so I begin to meditate on that. What does that mean? Man, I just begin to, to recite it and I begin to think of it. And I begin to do it over and over again. And I begin to speak this out of my mouth, the rhema, the spoken word. I'd say, thank you, Lord Jesus, that you delivered me out of the power of alcohol. By faith to faith to faith, it never ends. So again, it didn't, it didn't change me overnight. But I had that written on three by five cards. I would, I would have Shelly lay hands on me. <laughs> and she'd say, Lord Jesus, you've delivered him power, the power of alcohol. And before long, stuff began to change. And we just kept speaking the word. We kept speaking the word. We kept speaking the word. And before long, I, I realized... I don't have issues with this anymore. And so what ultimately happens, the Word of God did exactly what it said. But something has to happen when I take the Logos, the written Word of God, and I begin to speak it. Well, Pastor, that only works for you. Oh, no, 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 no. He said to everyone who believes. And so again, I have the opportunity just like you do, to get in this book right here and say, okay, this is what your word says. So I begin to act on it. You begin to act on it. You begin to speak it. Okay? Keep reading. Hey, you guys had an opportunity to shout right there. There you go. Thank you. As it is written, now look what he says here. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. He didn't say you'll live by faith just on Sundays. So again, what he's saying, my life is lived by faith from day to day to day. It becomes a constant. And so I just want to encourage you. I don't know where you're at, but don't give up. Don't quit. Keep pursuing the things of God. Keep speaking the word. Keep speaking the word. And God will move. Here's the thing that you need to do sometimes. You need to ask yourself this. Is this faith's choice? Because faith is based on the Word of God. If you've got something going on in your life and you're making decisions, ask yourself, is this faith's choice? And there's times in my life when I've asked myself, is this faith's choice? I knew it wasn't. And so then I said, okay, Lord, i got to get in the Word. i got to get back in the Word. Now go with me to the book of Isaiah, chapter number 7. Don't give up. Don't give up, okay? Don't give up. Get around godly people who encourage you. Get in the Word. Get you a good Bible where you can read it, understand it. What's a good Bible to read? Uh, the, the, the New Living is a good translation. The Message is a good translation. The Amplified, uh, the New International Version, the New American Standard, every one of those. 
But I encourage you, get in one where you can understand what it's saying. And then speak it. Speak it. Speak that over your kids. I better keep moving. I was had a thought there. Isaiah chapter 7. Now I'm, I'm going to read part of this and I'm going to break it down here on what he's saying here. Verse 1. Now it came to pass in the days of Ahaz, the son of Jotham, the son of Uzziah. Ahaz was the king, but he was ungodly, and he was the grandson of Uzziah. Okay, keep reading. He was the king of Judah, that Rezin, king of Syria, and Pekah, the son of Ramalia, king of Israel, went up to Jerusalem to make war against it, but it could not prevail against it. So what's going on is these two kings, they form a coalition to make war against Judah. They're getting ready to come against them, okay? Verse 2. And it was told to the house of David, saying, Syria's forces are deployed in Ephraim. So his heart and the heart of his people were moved as the trees of the woods are moved with the wind. Now, because Ahaz, he was the one who ruled, but he had no faith in, in Yahweh, the hearts of all the people, they shook as the trees moved with the wind. It would move them. I mean, it's pretty powerful. That's how strong this was. Then the Lord said to Isaiah, Go out now to meet Ahaz, you and this other guy, whoever he is, his name, I'm not going to pronounce it, your son at the end of the aqueduct from the upper pool on the highway to the fuller's field. And you say to him, Take heed and be quiet and do not fear or be faint-hearted. Now, sometimes when you see those words, it's easy just to jump over them. But he said, be quiet. Be quiet. Shut up. You know why the Lord said that? Because oftentimes, our mouth short circuits our faith. That's why in the book of James 1.19, he says, be swift to hear and slow to speak. And when he says that, he's literally saying, learn to measure your words. Be very careful with what comes out of your mouth. And this is what he's telling him. And he says, be quiet. And then he mentions two words and he says, do not fear or be faint-hearted. Oftentimes when fear is present in our life or we're faint-hearted in an area of life, you know how it will be revealed very first? Out of your mouth. You begin to tell, oh my, it's bad. It's bad. Begin to broadcast everything that violates the word of God. And so again, that's part of learning to discipline your life. Proverbs 18, 21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. For every one of us. So again, he's revealing to us here that the power of your tongue, but also there's times just to be quiet. He goes on to say, for these two stubs of smoking firebrands, talking to those two about those two kings, were the fierce anger of Rezin and Syria and the son of Ramalia. Because Syria and Ephraim and the son of Ramalia have plotted evil against you, saying, Let us go up against Judah and trouble it. Let us make a gap in its wall for ourselves and set a king over them and the son of Tabel. Now, when he says all this, remember these two ungodly kings. They're getting ready to go after Ahaz. But watch what's happened in verse 7. Thus says the Lord God, It shall not stand, nor shall it come to pass. Now guess what? 
He's got a word from the Lord. When we get a word from the Lord, we have the opportunity, do I either believe it or do I say that's not going to happen? But it's interesting to me right here. He says, it shall not stand, nor shall it come to pass. For the head of Syria is Damascus, and the head of Damascus is resin. Within 65 years, Ephraim will be broken. 65 years, that's a long time. And, and what he's literally talking about here, these 65 years, it, it's a period after the northern kingdom of Israel called Ephraim, which was the largest. It had 10 tribes. He's saying after this, it would cease to exist. And this is what I want you to see. Verse 9. The head of Ephraim is Samaria, and the head of Samaria is Ramalia's son. Now watch this. If you will not believe, surely you shall not be established. Now when I read this right here, the word believe means to trust and rely on God and God's word. The New International Version says, If you do not stand firm in your faith, you shall not be established. And so as I begin to look at this, I begin to think, that's the same for us. The only way I begin to be established is i got to believe the Word of God. And when I begin to stand out on the Word of God and said, this is what God said. And in order to do that, there's times you're going to just have bulldog faith. What's bulldog faith? You just chomp down on it and you say, Lord, I'm not letting go until I see it happen. And you stay with it. You say, I'm, I'm, I'm allowing you, Father God, to establish me. I'm going to trust in your word. I'm going to believe you. Now that verse is cross-referenced back to, to Isaiah chapter 5, verse 24. Watch this, what this says. Isaiah 5, verse 24. It says, therefore, as the fire devours the stubble. And here's what's interesting about that statement. In the Amplified, it says, therefore, as the tongue, the tongue, the fire of the tongue devours the stubble and the flame consumes the chaff, so their root will be as rottenness and their blossom will ascend like dust because they have rejected the law or the word of God, the Lord of the host, and they despise the word of the Holy One of Israel. You know what it comes down to? How do you view the word of God? I've got to a place in my life where the word of God's above everything. I mean, if people ask me, what do you think about that? I'll say, what's the word of God say? And so again, it comes to this. I put all my trust in the word of God right now. If God said it, then I got to act on it right here. But he said the problem that they were going to run into as a people is they didn't trust God and they didn't believe in his word. So now I got to ask you that. Do you put your trust in God? Do you believe the word of God? Go all the way into the last part of the New Testament into to 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. Now, as you're turning there, this, this may help you. The way I contact this physical realm or this natural world is by my, my physical senses. Okay, the way, the way I operate in this natural world is what I see, what I hear, 
what I smell, what I taste, and what I touch. That's how every one of us have, have been made to touch this natural world. The only way that you learn to know and to trust God and to touch the spiritual world is by faith. That's it. And so as significant is as my physical senses are to this natural world, it's the same as my, my faith toward the spiritual world. Just, it'll take faith just to believe God and trust God. I mean, when I, I get around people who start telling me about seeing those angels, man, when people start talking about seeing angels and the things of God happening, I don't look at them and say, man, you, you guys have been smoking something funny. Even though I haven't seen angels with my eyes yet, I, I believe that happens because it's happened throughout the Bible. And so again, so many times we be, become uh, uh, ruled or dictated by our, our natural trying to contact the spiritual. I'm going to tell you right now, you're, you're not going to smell the things of God with your natural nose, okay? There's times I, I can't reach out and, and I can't touch Jesus with, with my hands. But I can touch him with my heart. I can touch him with the eyes of faith. How many of you have ever here have, let me restate that. I, I believe every one of us in here, when you got born again, you probably didn't see Jesus. You heard the scriptures and you stepped out. But let me ask you this, since you've born again, how many of you have ever seen visions or, of, or pictures of Jesus in your mind? I have. I've never seen him, but I have a, I've got a kind of an insight. And when I, I studied the scriptures about him, I realized he, he had to have certain characteristics. He was a Jew. His skin color was olive, I would be willing to bet. And so again, you can begin to picture that. See, it's the same as the Word of God. When I begin to see things in the Word of God, I can begin to get a picture of it in my mind right here. You guys are looking at me like I'm crazy. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 1. Simon Peter, a bondservant apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained, better stated, those who have received like precious faith with us. So right here, here's, a, here's Apostle Peter, man, who, who, who finished incredibly. And he said that we can receive like precious faith. Now, it's interesting. He didn't just say faith. He said precious faith. How do we do that? We received or obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. So again, how did I receive that? I start learning about God and I start running about Jesus. Verse 2, grace and peace be multiplied to you. How? In the knowledge of God and of the Lord Jesus. So the way I begin to get the, the peace and what he's talking about here is through the knowledge of the Word of God. So I begin to study the Word of God, and the Word of God begins to say, this is what you got to do. This is how you receive it. This, uh, Man, and you begin to say, Lord, grace me to receive all this. So he says, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. As his divine power, it's not mine, it's his, has given us all things that to pertain to life and godliness. Now, you know what he just told us? 
Everything that me and you would need that pertains to life, He's provided it right here. You know that? It's all in the Bible. And then He throws something else there at us. Everything that you need that pertains to life and godliness. You know what godliness is centered around? How God wants us to live. And so the way I find out how God wants me and you to live as believers is I get into the Bible. And because of the Word of God, I begin to see this is what God loves and this is what God hates. And the only thing I can tell you God hates is sin. And so I begin to allow God to identify the godly things in my life. And then it becomes a choice. Do I obey those? But isn't it interesting right here? He says, I've given you everything you need that pertains to life and godliness. How? Through the knowledge of him. So again, the only way I get knowledge, and the word knowledge is formed as the word know, is i got to know him. One of the ways I know him is through the word of God. And the more I get into the word, the more I realize, dang, God's a good God. He's a good God. I remember growing up, man, people would say, God's going to get you. God's going to get you. He sits on his throne with a big old fly swatter just waiting for you to mess up. And so you go through life thinking that, and then I start reading the Bible, and I don't find that anywhere. I wasn't anywhere. I think it's the song we sing. Oh, he's a good, good father. He's a God of forgiveness. He's a God of love. But the only way you find those things out is you've got to get into the book. And well, the more I get in the book, the more knowledge comes. And the more I know, the more I begin to live that way. Thank you for two holy grunts. Thank you. Verse 4. By which have been given to us. Now listen to this. By which has been given to us, me and you, exceedingly great and precious promises. Wow. Not just promises, not just precious promises, not just great and precious promises, but he said, exceedingly great and precious promises. They've been given to us. So again, there's promises all through the Bible. One of our texts a few weeks ago, 2 Corinthians 1.20, and it said, all the promises of God in Christ are yea and amen. And so all these promises, if you're born again, Jesus said, I want you to have them. I want you to walk in them. But again, if I don't know what the promises are, how can I walk in them? And so when I begin to find these promises in the Word of God, I begin to write them down. I begin to read them. I begin to quote them. And I begin to speak them. I begin to say, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for blessing me. He goes on to say this. Through these, these precious promises, you may be partakers, I'm a partaker, of his divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Now, verse 5, above my, my uh, subtitle, above verse 5, it says, fruitful growth in faith. Now, listen to what this says. But also, for this very reason, giving all diligence, giving all diligence, add to your faith, Virtue. Now, I could keep going, and there's one right after the other that he keeps saying at. 
But he said specifically, add to your faith virtue. What actually does the word virtue mean? Listen to it. It means value. It means goodness. The best one is this, moral excellency. So he said, add to your faith a moral excellency. Now something happens when I begin to live that way, that in God's eyes, he's raising the bar from us. Part of being born again is people begin to see a difference in you. You don't act the way you used to. You don't cuss like you used to. You don't lie like you used to. You don't steal like you used to. And people begin to take notice and they say, man, you're different. What happened? And you look and you say, I got Jesus in my life and this is what happened. And I didn't even get even close to where I needed to get with time. But when he said, add to your faith virtue. The book of Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1. It says this. That we're to lay aside every weight. And sin. Which so easily ensnares us. Now when you begin to look at that. Oh I better hurry. A weight could be circumstances. A weight could be fear. A weight could be the challenge of this life. Just, just what's weighting you down, pulling your mind down, zapping you, taking everything out of you. And he said, lay aside every weight. And so let me ask you, are there things that just pull you away, pull you away? And then he says, and sin. And sin. So there's two different areas that try to ensnare us. Weights and sin. So you know what I see right there? Faith doesn't wait around and sin. But you know what it says next? Lay aside every weight and sin which so easily ensnares you. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. So guess what he's telling us? Those weights and those sins he uses to try to pull you away from keeping your eyes on God. So now, if I'm weighted down with the things of this world, I'm not looking to Jesus. I'm freaking out about everything in life. It's pulling me away. Man, I'm having a hard time focus. And then when you get into sin, it's a snare that so easily entraps us. And it's again, it's, it's designed to pull you away from God. Looking unto Jesus. That word looking there means to give him your undivided attention. And so again, I begin to look to Jesus and I say, oh, Lord, help me. Grace me to keep my eyes on you. Grace me. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.